Welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory Garay, TJ Beater, and Kathy Garay. Each week, we talk about the connections between owners and their pets with an emphasis on topics that apply to greyhounds. If you want to hear more about your best friend, stay tuned. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Kathy is taking the day off, so today it's just myself and TJ here on Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Hopefully everyone's uh, been practicing social distancing and is staying safe out there. Um, With that said, today's show really has no topic per se, Uh, but TJ and I have um, over the years, I think, I don't know how many calls we've had over the years, but... We typically will get on the phone and start yapping away, and next thing you know, we're on to one subject, onto another, and next thing you know, we both learned something. So we figured maybe today we would just bring you into one of our conversations just between Rory and TJ. So you all are getting a special treat today. With that said, I will bring in TJ. TJ, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Rory. How are you doing out in the Southwest? Uh, you know, it's a nice sunny day out here. Um <clears throat> Lawn needs to be mowed, and um, I've got a feeling that at some point in time, somebody who's not on the show today will be griping at me about getting that lawn mowed, but, you know, as long as I hide out in the office, uh, she can't find me. And, and what's the perfect time to, to say something about it when she's not on the show? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, think, yeah. um, not, that, not that we haven't talked uh, quite a bit today and yesterday or the day before and the day before, but uh, let's let's give them a little flavor of our typical phone conversations. Exactly. Um, d- did you get that uh, email? I got it uh, this morning from the HS, uh, HSUS watch or whatever um, about that Tiger King show. You, you know, I certainly did. I read that with uh, quite a bit of interest, actually. That seems to be a topic that's heated up as of Exactly. Late. And, uh, and reading about it, about this Carol Baskin, who's on the uh, show um, Tiger King, which is on um, Netflix, uh, reading all about this, this person and being a big donor to HSUS and knowing a little bit about HSUS, it seems like she's a perfect fit for the, the corruption of HSUS, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up, Rory, because um, when I lived in Florida, which I did, obviously, for many years, and many listeners probably wouldn't know that, I, I was surprised when all of this started coming out um, a couple of years ago that um, there could be some affiliation there. And I have to admit, I was surprised uh, back in 2018 uh, when, the, um, when Florida got it wrong with the dogs. Um, I saw a picture of her with a big check or something from um, Gray 2K. So yep. um, I, it took me by surprise. So it, it may be something that would educate others. Yeah, I mean, here here is an organization. And again, I fully understand there are some people who don't like Greyhound and or horse racing. Um, and they may have various reasons. But what sometimes really gets me is that these people are not also angered at organizations such as Gray 2K and or HSUS, because uh, in my personal opinion, these are corrupt organizations that will take money from corrupt individuals just to promote their corrupt, their lies, um, their their agenda. 
And it's just really sad. I mean, when you look at the HSUS and the um, sexual issues uh, issues they had with their uh, CEO, Wayne, and other people they've taken money from, I, to me, it's just really, I think we as a country need to step back and t- have a discussion. Are, are these organizations we want dictating the welfare agenda of our animals, our agriculture? I personally don't want them having a say. Well, I can completely understand, and I think there's a lot of um, educating that needs to go on. Um, one of the first things I can think of is, right along with your thoughts, the Humane Society of the United States is not affiliated with, with local your local animal shelters. Um, neither is the ASPCA uh, affiliated with your local SPCA. So... Um, to, to think that it's a parent organization to to your local shelters is it's well it's just plain wrong. Yeah, they they have offered is almost Zippo to help any animals. They just have this agenda of their own to pretty much bring an end to agriculture, um, to to anything animal related. And I, I find it odd. We I think it was yesterday in one of our conversations we did talk about agriculture and how it's kind of funny. All of a sudden, some of these people are like, "Holy shit, our food comes from the farms." So, yeah, where, do, where where did you think it came from, folks? You know, we need agriculture. Bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a actually um, everyone. If you're on social media at all, you've seen the Facebook. Um, memes that are out there or screenshots of, of, of things that I guess I want to say stupid things people say. And um, there was a meme going around just a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, actually, it was a screenshot of where someone had posted, I just don't understand why we need agriculture anyway, whenever you can go to the grocery store and buy canned peas, canned corn, canned carrots. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it is kind of scary that we actually have people that freaking stupid. Uh, w- and I, th- I think it's really important for our country to look at right now, because uh, obviously I think there will be more viruses down the road. And Absolutely. we need to do everything we can to support and help our agriculture industry. The men and women that work on the farms. They put in a lot of hours, a lot of love doing what they do. And oftentimes it's a risk for them. They don't know if that crop is going to, you know, what, what weather may happen and may damage their crops. They, they have a lot of risk into it, but they keep doing it because they, they love doing what they do. And without them, we are not getting our canned peas. We're not getting our corn on the cob. Um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, We're not folks. getting anything Toast. much that we eat. <laughs> yeah. Tofu is not engineered. It's 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 from a product that's farmed. So agriculture is important for all of us, and we need to support them. That's exactly right. I I actually grew up on a farm. It was a small family farm, but I was up at five years old. I was up at between five and six a.m. every morning milking cows. So um, that's how we sustained ourselves. Like I said, it was just a small family farm. But I, I worked in the garden. Uh, one of my favorite things was digging up the potatoes. It was always a bit of a surprise whenever you hit one. So as a young child, that's what I enjoyed doing a whole lot. And we absolutely didn't know from, from season to season what crops were going to, what was going to happen to the crops, depending on weather, 
um, you had to keep, obviously, the deer and some of the other other ones that are also a fan of our foods away from them, <laughs> such as the corn. That was a big one. But, um, yeah, I think that we need to take a, a minute and give a shout-out to, to the farmers uh, and the, the dairy people and the people that supply our, our meats and everything, and the truckers, too, that, that get yeah. them to us. And... Um, and for the person that, that did send out the, the quite unfortunate uh, statement that you can get the piece there, I, I suppose we can say thank you to the to the packing plants that take those vegetables and, and, and goods that we eat and package them and get them get them to the stores. So you know right. somebody has to make those cans that the vegetables are put in. And just a little insight to the conversations that TJ and I have oftentimes on the phone. It just gave me a little thought of the same people who were attacking greyhound racing, the same people who are attacking horse racing, are the same people who are going to be attacking farming, are going to be attacking trucking because they're putting out emissions. At some point in time, all of us need to join hands and support each other and put an end to these whack job nutcases from places like Gray2K and HSUS and whatever other lettered organizations they come up with because they do not care about us as a society. They only care about their agenda, which is based on hate of what many do that provide the services we as a nation need. That's very true, and um, as, as the the people are struggling right now, the the scientists in the in the medical profession, um, all of them that are struggling for to find a cure or a vaccine or some sort of therapeutic uh, protocol for us as we deal with this virus, um, I think we need to give a, a shout out to them too. Uh, they're working around the clock for us, and. Exactly. Um, the the one thing that I would like to encourage everyone to do is to do their research. Uh, whenever you you have some someone asking you to donate, particularly really large organizations that are out there constantly with a donate button, do your research and 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 find out where your money goes. And the best way to do that with a with a organization is to look at the tax returns. Yeah. Um. And they're there, uh, and it doesn't take long to find them. So um, that would be probably my best uh, input is to, when you start looking to research, don't always just Google. Go straight to to their page and look for their 990. If it's not there, give them a call. Yeah, no, I can't remember if it was on. information. Yeah, I can't remember if you posted it or where I saw it, but I saw something earlier in the week, maybe it was late last week. There was something about if you took, I think, HSUS's money and gave $500,000 to every uh, shelter in the United States, or with their money, you could pretty much give 500000 to every shelter and adoption program in the United States. And to me, I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of money that could go to help the animals that is being socked away in some offshore accounts for these few individuals to make big salaries and to make sure they have um, their retirements, that is not helping the animals. And it's really sad that they're hoarding all this money um, when we have animals that need, could use this assistance. We have groups that can use this money to actually help animals. And I believe some of the money probably was donated to help animals, but it's not. And, and you're exactly right. Um, the, the, the biggest problem that I can see 
is that people, the public just isn't aware and they're, they're assuming that whenever they make their monthly donation or if it's a one-time donation that it's going to help the animals. And um, the former HSUS CEO had to admit during a Senate hearing that it, that's not helping the local shelters and, and it, that's just the way it is. And he had to do that yeah. uh, at a, a Senate, uh, I can't even remember the name of the Senate meeting, but it, the video is on YouTube. And um, it, I do remember it was an Oklahoma senator that um, he was talking with about that. And um, so when it's not going to help your local shelters, that also brings me to something else. Local shelters need money, and they do a wonderful, wonderful job. And I would never take anything away from a local animal shelter. They they do so much, oftentimes, on so little in we all love animals, or, or everyone I know loves animals. And, and I'm not just referring to my beloved greyhounds. I'm referring to, to all animals. But the, the thing is, is they are not getting the money from these organizations that we're, we're speaking about. They work very, very hard. But have you ever stopped and, and thought about this, Rory? Why do you think it is we don't see any influx of greyhounds into these local animal shelters because uh industry and the uh, people that have worked with the industry for years like yourself and myself and many others we have been responsible with the greyhounds exactly and and i was just thinking about what a win-win situation that is for for all animals including our greyhounds exactly um Just I'm work. Yeah, TJ knows about it because we've had a couple of conversations. We're working on a haul right now that 99 percent of the haul effort is being done by industry people. Um, a majority of it is being paid for by the industry, um, and for organizations like HSUS and Gray 2K to have made so many of the accusations that they did about the industry all these years. Is just flat out lies. They themselves have never participated and or helped out the greyhounds. They have, as far as I know, neither Grey2K nor HSUS has paid for one single greyhound to be removed from Florida. They spent, what, over $4 million to bring about the end of greyhound racing, but they have yet to spend a dollar to help a single greyhound. I haven't seen anything personally, and, you know, if, if there's someone out there, they're, you know, can by all means let everyone know because it's something that everyone's standing around watching and talking about. Yeah. Um, but that's just a typical history that they have, is um, having laws passed, working through legislatures, and as we know, uh, oftentimes it's out-of-context information, particularly statistics, um, and deceit to get something passed, and then they walk away. And that's just the way it is. But, but by the same token, that leaves us with us, the people in the yep. Greyhound community that thoroughly enjoy and love the dogs and understand the breed. And um, over the course of the years, you know, I can remember when I first got started in, into this, and I'm kind of going back a little bit to the animal shelter thought and, and sort of tying all this in together. But back in the, the late 90s, 
when I was living in Florida, working with the animal control and things like that, it wasn't typical for them to contact us if they got a greyhound in their shelter. Um, we didn't have that working relationship with them. And, and this is, I'm referring to my local chapter. And I mean with the, the animal control, with SPCA, uh, the local humane society, and these, these were local entities. We didn't have that type of working relationship with them. And um, over the course of time, as we talked with them more, and occasionally they would get a greyhound in, um, typically it's an owner surrender, which should never happen, by the way, because most responsible greyhound adoption groups have a return policy in their contract that is signed um, by the the adopter. Uh, But should a a greyhound get out, we all know that, unfortunately, accidents happen. Uh, Sometimes greyhounds will wind up at an animal control facility, for example. If it's a a gate had been left undone by a lawn man or or some sort of maintenance worker or whatever. Um, But over the course of time, as we, we got to talking with them more and more and more, they actually appreciated us because it kept them, if they give, gave us a call and said, hey, we just got a greyhound in here, and you know, can, can, can your group come pick it up? The, we would, obviously, we would jump at the chance to do that, and it would free them up from having to intake another animal and care for another animal, and it would bring the, the greyhound into a group where it could go into a foster home and a lot of times we could find an owner, you know, that unfortunately the dog had gotten out and, and, and keep that sort of situation in the Greyhound community. And as time has gone on, we have something called Greyhound Amber Alert, where if a Greyhound gets out anywhere, people all across the country are, are sending out things. Um, you have people who are scouring for our, our retired racing Greyhounds in animal shelters. And we'll alert groups, and groups will work with the animal shelters to get those greyhounds out. And, and it's a, not a, a, a common occurrence when you look at the amount of greyhounds that are out here as pets, that there will be one that gets out, or perhaps an owner got sick and had to relinquish or whatever. Um, and, and they will reach out to the adoption group, or the adoption group will reach out to them. But there are actually people in this greyhound world that will sit there, and they will look in their local shelters and their local SPCAs, animal controls, Craigslist, wherever, to make sure that these greyhounds are taken care of. That's how dedicated our, our greyhound community is to making sure that we take care of our greyhounds. And yeah. in that situation, with the local shelters and everything, that frees them up. That's why they don't have them. So that symbiotic relationship has, has gotten to where it's worked very, very well across the country in, in very large pockets. And if anybody's out there listening that, you know, volunteers for an animal shelter or something like that, I would strongly encourage them to go to their leaders and say, you know, if we do get a greyhound out here that has tattoos, that perfect example of how you can quickly tell if it's a, a retired racing greyhound, they've got tattoos. You know, if we get one in, let's reach out to our, our local adoption group because they're always there and willing to help. And any, anyone that's in Greyhound adoption pretty much is aware of that, and, and maybe a lot of other people aren't. Um, right. That was my thought as far as the, the animal shelters and, and stuff like that who are not affiliated with the HSUS or funded by the HSUS or ASPCA. It's not like they have all their millions funneling into them, and that's 
kind of how the shelter system and the greyhound adoption community could work together uh, without the help of organizations such as the ones you're speaking about. Right. I mean, it's, it is really sad because I know the greyhound world are very nice people and want to help. And unfortunately, right now, because the organizations that push to bring about the end of greyhound racing in Florida are contributing nothing to help rehome these greyhounds. So all the money is coming from the greyhound adoption volunteers and the industry themselves. Whereas if those who brought about the end would contribute 100% for what they wanted, many of the dollars that are being donated now by the Greyhound Adoption Community could go to help out the shelters. But you, you, you did also spur something in my head because oftentimes when we're talking, we start telling stories about relinquishment. And it's a little bit about how the great, I think, yeah, how wonderful Greyhound Adoption people are. Um, over the years, I've had to go pick up greyhounds. Um, some, you know, owner relinquished, and there was one particular one I had to go pick up. The man had a terminal cancer, and he had had his greyhound for it was going on ten years. And for me, it was the hardest thing ever to go pick up this greyhound and and take this dog from this man, his best bud. But he knew it was the right thing to do. And the following week, he was going to be going to another state to a hospital for uh, end-of-life care. Um, the, the whole time I was driving home with this Greyhound in my, in my, tr- in my vehicle, I was just crying. It, it, I just felt bad for the man um, that he had to give up his Greyhound, but also respecting that he did the right thing. Uh, but one of the things I did is I contacted a Greyhound group in the area where this man was going to be going and, and told him the story and said, hey, if you get a chance, could you maybe go visit him once in a while, bring a greyhound along? And they did, and I believe that cheered up his last couple of life, weeks of life. And that's, that's just the type that's of awesome. people we have in the greyhound world. Uh, just some, some amazing people. Right. And I know right now, if we didn't have to personally fund the greyhound in Florida, they would fund the local shelters. That money that they're donating to help move the greyhounds they would help out the shelters because that's just the type of people we have in Greyhound Adoption. That's very Ugh. true. And, and now that you have brought up Greyhound Adoption, um, why don't we talk a little bit about the, the tracks and what the situation actually is in Florida since we're on that subject? Hey, you know, I did see uh, you shared something with me that there's some bringing up that there's a Tusami. Um, I've even seen um, another group in the Philadelphia area that had taken in over 100-plus greyhounds from China, and my understanding is still sitting on some of those dogs, just brought in some other dogs from overseas, and then is trying to get as many greyhounds as he can into his program, uh, which he's admitted he does not have the room for, so he's going to have to find all sorts of foster homes, and it's like, You know, this whole thing that's been going on for a few weeks, this hoarding of toilet paper, this hoarding of whatever, we don't need to be hoarding the greyhounds. And there is not, as some are trying to put out the alarming message of a Tsami. No, it's only a Tsami because your adoption program is trying to hoard as many greyhounds as you can. When you got, there's a group that's putting out a Tsami message. And it's like, why? You got another group just 
It's a little more southwest that has 80 applications that they can take 80 dogs today and have them all adopted out by next weekend. Why are you trying to hoard the greyhounds? And again, uh, I, I've, so I've had a, daily conversations. <sighs> yeah, sometimes the, I just can't the, shut the up. The situation <laughs> in Florida um, is... And I can tell you there there have been some, some people that have contacted me and, and were under the assumption that Derby Lane has closed down. Now they are, they have closed temporarily for the coronavirus, uh, but as of right now, they are still planning on resuming when, when everything is, is settled and hopefully this thing is wiped off the face of the earth so that we never have to deal with this particular virus again. Um, but all of the tracks in Florida are right now shut down. There are only two tracks that are not opening back up. Uh, a lot of informa- misinformation about that. Uh, one track had another week or so to go before they were going to close down anyway. That was Daytona. So those dogs, thanks to the adoption group there and, and everywhere else that have been working with, with that group, um, dogs had already been moving out of Daytona already. Um, yeah. And then the uh, the Sanford Orlando track, the kennel club there, uh, they were going to cease racing in June. So um, with that being said, and not knowing how long the virus was, was going to stick around here and everybody being in uh, sort of our isolation mode here that we've been asked to do, um, they decided to go ahead and uh, cease operations there. But the other tracks that I'm aware of are still planning on reopening. Um, I am obviously a little more familiar with what Derby Lane has said. So um, the the tsunami that, that you've been talking about, it's not quite the tsunami that is everyone is so afraid of. The, yeah, the, there's no, no need to evoke fear. Now is the time to be confident, to recruit your foster homes, um, you know, get prepared, and sometimes it's a little harder even to get dog food right now. So, you know, try to get your dog food. Um, right. Things like that that you're going to, to need for the group and, and, and take in the dogs, but there's no need to panic uh, for the Greyhound community. The dogs are fine. They're being taken care of, and they're being moved in, exactly. into to the groups. The experts, the people who love the dogs, are taking care of them, providing for them, paying for them. The ones that hated the Greyhounds, like HSUS, Grey2K, are providing nothing. But folks, the people, the experts, the ones who really care for the dogs, the Greyhounds, are taking care of them. They will be taken care of. Hope you're enjoying our TJ and Rory's chat. With that said, when we come back, we'll be talking more, just TJ and Rory. And with that, we've got to take a break, and we'll be right back after these messages. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The GPA, that's Greyhound Pets of America. If you would like information on how you can adopt an ex-racing Greyhound, call 800-366-1472. These dogs are fit, healthy, happy, playful pets, good with children, and oh, do they love lots of hugs. Adopt a cool Greyhound today. Call 800-366-1472. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning into the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory, TJ, and Kathy. To find out more about the show and what we do, please send an email to gmgp3 at yahoo.com. That's gmgp3 at yahoo.com. Now, back to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. All right, welcome back to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. You know, and today's show is just TJ and Rory having our discussion, but one discussion you did not get to hear during today's show was during our break, and our master engineer, Aaron, TJ, and myself, we have come up with something we would like you all to do tonight. Order out from one of your local eating establishments and help them out. They are hurting as well. Many of them have had to lay off staff. And they need your support. And by going and ordering out, you may avoid having to go to the grocery store this week. um, Because I know I was told that we may have to go next week. And I told Kathy, why don't we do a little ordering out? Because I'm just not ready to go to the grocery store. So help your local eating establishments out tonight. Order out. Enjoy a meal with your pups, your cats, your loved ones. Um, Just have a good time tonight knowing you're having some good food and helping out a local little establishment. With that said, we'll I get totally back agree into, with that. Yeah. I, I'm, I, yeah. I want to say right now, I want to get two pizzas, one that I can have tonight and some for leftovers because who doesn't like cold pizza? Oh, I love it. Um, love it. We'll Absolutely prob- love it. We'll probably, so yes, support we'll, your local we'll restaurant. Yeah, they, they need your help, and uh, we did last night a local establishment here in Glendale. We got cuff and then ordered a got a bottle of wine with it, and I think we're going to do it again tonight. Uh, it is kind of weird, though. I meet them in the back alley. I'm almost feeling like it's a drug deal going down, uh, picking <laughs> up my food and all that. <laughs> now, with that But this said, is one way we can make this work. We can keep... Yeah. Keep our small businesses, our local businesses going, and we can still enjoy some of the things that I hope that we will all appreciate a little bit more after this is all over when, we, when I can go to my local Longhorn Steakhouse and, and, and have my Sunday afternoon late lunch. Uh, I call it Lupper because it's between lunch and supper. <laughs> 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 you know, I miss that. You tell me, you tell me, I can't do it, and that's the one thing I want to do. So, yes, absolutely, support those local oh. restaurants this weekend. Keep them in business. That, and um, also, don't forget. Um, I know many of our um, tracks, um, their signals had been supported by OTBs, which are also eating establishments. So, while they may not, um, you may not be able to go there right now to eat. 
um, and or gamble on any of the races, you can support them by ordering out and help them stay in business. So when this is all over with, they can get reopened and get the signal in there for you to enjoy a meal and enjoy some racing. You, you mentioned that. signals. Um, uh, that You just touched something on me, and I think you might actually be going to talk a little bit about this. With the signals, when we go back to Florida and we look at them, um, it wasn't Greyhound racing that was banned in Florida. It was the wagering on the, the Greyhounds that were racing in Florida. Now, that's a very key, key phrase right there, the Greyhounds that were racing in Florida. You couldn't wager on them there. However, if you're in Florida, you can still absolutely wager on the Greyhounds that are racing in other states. That tells me a couple of things. Number one, it's not a welfare issue. If, if someone has a welfare issue, they are not going to touch it, period. If it's something that, that they think is being wrong, if there's something wrong about it, they're not going to touch it. They're going to say, get rid of it. We don't want any part of it in this state. Now, uh, they're still allowing all these patrons to go to all these establishments and, and bet on dogs that are racing in other states. So that's, that's not a welfare issue. Um, never was. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between the, the local betting versus the, the OTBs, the simulcasts, things like that, wagering on dogs in other states, horses in other states, what those handles mean, and enlighten us a little bit. You know more about this than me. So enlighten everybody as far as dogs and horses, for that matter, what, what really goes on. Right. Well, first of all, I've been involved for years in, in this business, and Every bill that I have seen Gray 2K and HSUS push to eliminate, they'll say eliminate Greyhound racing, but you're right. It's never, it's always been just eliminate the, the betting on Greyhound racing um, mm-hmm. in that particular state, live um, racing. Their bills have mm-hmm. never been about welfare. If they were about welfare, you're right. They would have eliminated the um, betting on Greyhound racing in other states and if it was truly a welfare bill, they would have ensured, because they claim to be welfare advocates, they would ensure there's language in that bill to take care of the dogs when it's over, i.e., Florida. Right. They did mm-hmm. little. They, there's nothing in what they pushed to take care of those dogs. And while volunteers in the industry are now having to take care of this issue, they're off having parties, um, spending money. Uh, but providing nothing for the dogs. I, when, well, Pam Bondi still was going to adopt a thousand, a thousand of them, and we've yet to hear from Pam Bondi, and I will say her name out loud because she said publicly she would adopt a thousand greyhounds. Yeah. Well, you know, she was, she was busy having to um, uh, help out Trump on his uh, impeachment, so she, you know, she's had to move on. And Again, she's a politician, and we, we know politicians will blow smoke out of their ass just trying to get you to vote whichever way they want. This was nothing more than smoke out of her ass to help HSUS and Gray 2K push that bill. So there, these bills have never been about welfare. Uh, with that said, I've, uh, I've been seeing some people, there are a couple, there's I think four tracks still running, horse tracks still running live racing. Now, these tracks are owned by the same entity, the Stronach Group. Um, they, uh, well, let's just back up a little bit on the differences between horse racing and uh, greyhound racing. Horse racing is typically purse-based, and typically before the season, the purse is 
in the bank or there's a bond to cover the purse. Um, so they're running for purse money, whereas Greyhound Racing, they were always running on a points-based system, which was, you know, up at so many points, you know, let's say one point equal $10, and that was based off of the local handle that they were taking in. Uh, another difference between horse and greyhound racing is the horsemen own their signal. So if the track is sending that signal out to other tracks, they have to have, or other OTBs, they have to have the permission of the horsemen to do that, which means they're a big chunk of that money that's going out of state to other OTBs is going to become part of the handle for for the purse structure for that local tracks racing. Unfortunately, in Greyhound Racing, somehow the Greyhound men lost control of the signal, and when the tracks are sending the signal out to other OTBs, a majority of the money that was being handled there was not trickling back to the Greyhounds or the people that support them. It was trickling back to the track. Uh, so hopefully people can kind of see the difference or understand that. Um, now, with the horse tracks that are still running, um, here is, uh, I'll just say, the horses and the dogs that are at tracks that are going to still be operating, these athletes need to be working out. They can't just uh, go chill out and be expected to come back in a month and start running again because they'd have to then work them back up. These, these athletes need to work out. It's just like with the NBA when they bring the season back, all the basketball players are going to have to have a little bit of time of getting back into shape, working out, getting back into game shape. The same with our dogs, the same with our horses. They need to be kept in game shape. I love that point, Rory. I love it. Because you know what? The, the leader of grade 2K actually was a, a Boston Marathon runner. So she, yep. of all people, would understand that you have to be in good physical shape in order to perform. Um, so... Actually, if you think about that, logically, nothing they say makes sense as far as the welfare of the greyhounds. They have to be in top shape. She wouldn't be sitting around eating bonbons or whatever you would eat as, as a, a, a vegan um, that, that's <laughs> junk food and, and not, not be training and eating right and, you know, doing everything that you would to, to be in top shape to run a Boston Marathon. Well, the same for the horses, the same for the greyhounds. They have to be in, in good physical condition. Right. And if we don't keep them in great shape, we're risking injury to these uh, athletes when they come back. So it's very important that the tracks remain open for at least workouts of the horses and the greyhounds. They need that. Now, I understand it costs money to keep a track uh, up to speed, um, work it up every morning, get it prepared and all that. But you're in the business of running a greyhound track. You're in the business of running a horse track. This is part of doing business. We all know things can happen, and this is part of it. So you've got to be there. You've got to let these these animals work. You've got to let these people who are back there almost daily, and you want, you want to talk about some people that you know, aren't out there in the public spreading disease, they're back there pretty much almost 20 to 24 hours a day working with these animals because they love them. And they, they absolutely want the best are. For them. Absolutely. Um, they don't have so, holidays. Yeah. They, 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 on um, Christmas, they go take care of the animals. 
yeah, they they just love it, and they they need to be able to have the place to work their animals. So I would encourage all tracks to do the right thing, keep your facilities open for these athletes to work. They have the horses. They really, you know, yeah, you could turn them out to various farms and just let them wander around and get lazy. But when it's time to uh, start running again, you can't just bring them in. It's like, okay, let's go race because they need to get they need to get back into tip top shape. And we need to keep the tracks open for that. Uh, now, r- running live racing without audiences right now, I am seeing numbers of the track horse tracks that are doing it. They're not getting that big of a return on um, running those live those races uh, without an audience there. I would probably be against it just because I, I know the people on the backside have to be there, but we don't have to bring in the stewards and judges and all that that need to be there to conduct live racing. And if the OTBs are pretty much shut down nationwide because they're all restaurants and bars, there's really nowhere for the signal to be going other than overseas. So it's just the, pe- the, it's the people that love the animals working the animals. They're there with, with their animals. And good time to plug in. The animals do not uh, transmit the coronavirus. <laughs> exactly. And again... Greyhound tracks, horse tracks, please stay open and allow them to work the animals so that they can stay in tip-top shape. Because if they're in tip-top shape, when it comes time, you'll be able to reopen faster and have some great, exciting racing for the public that is probably going to be, by that time, eager to get out, get to an OTB, get to a track, get out and see other people and be normal again. They're going to want to do this, so you'll have great reopenings and great bedding after that. So help yourselves by helping those who love the animals stay open for, for them to work out these horses and greyhounds. It'll benefit you in the long run. That, that was very well put, and I totally agree, and I do think that that's going to happen. I think that everybody's going to be so grateful to be able to get out and do things again that um, if you're if you're close to a track, there's nothing like seeing a greyhound run. Um, the, my two favorite animals, although I love all, are our greyhounds and horses. Uh, I just I love them both. And to watch them run is an absolute thing of beauty. So yeah. not taking advantage of seeing that in person to me is a is doing a disservice because it's, just, it's a disservice to the animals because they're doing what they love to do. Oh, I... I it- they love it, and I'll say the one difference with the, the horses and the greyhounds um, being on backsides, I've, I've never had a greyhound bite me, but I have had a horse bite me, uh, but <laughs> I just love, just love watching them. Um, I love watching the people work out with them uh, and the care that they give to these animals, um, th- and, and you can see it in their eyes that they just love doing what they do. I mean, you've got to because we're talking some long, hard hours working with these animals, and it's not easy work. And you've got to love it if to be in it, because otherwise you'd be getting out of it, because it's just too many long hours and too much hard work. And there is a lot of uh. work to, to maintain uh, horses and greyhounds both. Different, but lots of hard work, just the same. Right. And again, horse tracks, greyhound tracks, remain open. Let these athletes get the workouts they need. Again, it will benefit you when it comes time to reopen. And I, do, I did want to kind of touch base on a little something, uh, changes we're seeing in our um, world right now. Um, 
I've seen one state has kind of cut out all unnecessary veterinary uh, medicine uh, that would include like spays and neuters right now. So I know some groups, you, you will need to maybe get with your board of directors and start having some discussion about, all right, we may have to start adopting out greyhounds uh, intact now. And then how do we manage that when, when things get back to normal? I would just encourage the groups to start having this discussion. Um, start. I saw one group had posted that they had uh, some applications, but they have not been able to do home visits. You may have to look into other ways of doing home visits. Um, I just recently took an exam, a certific- certification exam, and in the old days, I used to have to go into a training facility and take the exam there. Now I take it at home with the camera on my comp- on my computer, and before they start the exam, they have me pick it up and do a 360 view of the room so they can make sure there's nothing in the room that's going to be cheating, that I can cheat with. And then I take the exam on the computer. All the while, somebody, and I think it was in India, is watching me through the computer to make sure I'm not you know, getting up and walking away and coming back. Because as soon as you do that, the exam is over and you failed. So there are ways to maybe do other things differently and still kind of accomplish some of the same goals that we had with what we were trying to do. At with least the home keep the visit. application. Yeah, keep the application process going. Um, yeah. yeah, Skype, I would think, would, would work well um, because you could tell someone what you would want to be looking for as they're walking around. And so that would be an, an alternative. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you can have the whole family sitting on the other side and be talking with them, get to interview them. You're going to see them, any funny expressions on their face or dislike um, through the camera just as you would. You can would, see what the children are doing. Were. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I just would encourage groups to, you know, start looking at other means, especially if, if you're able to get greyhounds. Don't let this stop us from doing what we love to do, adopting our greyhounds. You know, think of some different ways to do it. There are ways. Uh, there's a lot of people now learning how to work from home and how to, how to do it. Um, it's just something we got to do. And, and I would take this time to reiterate: the greyhounds are being taken care of. They're 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 in they're safe. There's nothing going wrong with the greyhounds. They are getting moved. Um, the the logistics are harder. Make no make no doubt about it. Uh, it's that's just the way it is right now. Um, you know, hopefully, we would we won't have to deal with this much longer. This virus will, like I said earlier, just be wiped off the face of the earth. But um, you know. I don't want anyone to be worried about it. Uh, if you're an, a greyhound adopter or just an animal lover in general who's concerned about the greyhounds, they are being taken care of by the people that know them, the people that have the hands-on with them, and that is the, the, the trainers, the owners, uh, the greyhound adoption community. It's, it's all under control. Yep. The people who love the greyhounds are taking care of them. The people who hate the greyhounds, Grey 2K, HSUS, are doing nothing to help. That should, that should tell you a lot. And the next time they come into a state trying to push some welfare bill, really look at it and question, is it really welfare? And what are these people going to do to help the greyhounds should their bill get passed? When you start asking them, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay for this? They typically will not answer that. Or they'll say, oh, the adoption people will take care of it. It's like, no, 
you shouldn't just be expecting us to take care of your mess when you're collecting millions of dollars and then hiding it in offshore accounts. Maybe it's time for HSUS and Gray 2K to pay up and take care of what they, what the, the disasters they create. We had nothing to do well, with Or you can send them a did. bill. Maybe, maybe you yeah. should send them a bill after this is I over actually, and see what you get. <laughs> I actually, I have been planning. The money we've spent on halls, I've, we're keeping track of it, and I will be sending a bill to both of them, and I can guarantee you I'll, I'll get a, probably nothing in response. That would certainly be interesting to see because it's uh, what's always gone on in the past is it's always been uh, you can't see them, hear from them, or anything else whenever it comes to um, actually looking out for the welfare. It's not them that are truly looking out for the welfare of the Greyhounds. It is the people that are hands-on, and that is from the Greyhound Farms to the tracks to adoption, then on to the adopters. Yep. The people who truly love the dogs are the ones back on the backside, the ones working daily to get them adopted. Um, it's, it's sad that it's come to this, but it's also great to see the wonderful people doing what they have to do. Um, I, I know, TJ, you, can, you would say the same thing. We appreciate every one of you, everything you do, all those trainers, those owners who are responsible taking care of the dogs, all those in Greyhound Adoption doing great bang-up jobs on getting dogs adopted. Uh, we can't say enough to thank you, and we do appreciate everything you do for us. So any, any last words there, TJ? Uh, no, other than what you just said, I'd like to reiter- reiterate that I, I would like to send my thanks out to all of them as well. I know it's hard uh, whenever you're seeing your, your last greyhounds off if, you're, if your kennel is closing and uh, appreciate you very, very much for taking care of them and for helping get them into adoption and stay safe. And um, I'll throw it back to you, Rory, for your final words. Well, I do hope everyone's enjoyed. I mean, again, we're an hour into the show and it's like, just like our, our phone calls, it's like next thing you know, it's like, holy cow, we've been talking for a couple hours and we just had so much to talk about. Got a lot of discussion in. But again, thank you for joining I us do, today. I could go another hour. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. Be safe. Be smart. Be responsible. Love each other. And really right now, hug the hounds of the world. Howl! Thank you for listening this week to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Please join your hosts, Rory Goray, TJ Beter, and Kathy Goray for another edition of our program next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a wonderful week.